Hey, everybody. I just wanted to thank you very much for tuning into this episode, episode 20 of the Big Ben and Friends podcast, first of all. Uh, now, before we start this episode, I just wanted to go over two quick things very, very fast. I just wanted to thank, first of all, uh, I wanted to thank this company, Macro Foods. Now, if any of you guys have followed me on social media over the last few weeks, you will see me talk about them constantly and post about their meals and their food nonstop. Um, recently, I have become a Macro Foods athlete. So if you actually go to www.macrofoods.ca and use the code BIGBEN15, you can actually all save 15% off your costs and all of the meals that you buy off of their website that isn't in a packaged form. So if you create your own Mac, uh, package deal, you could save some money. Just use the code BIGBEN15. And I just, I can't stress enough how good this food is, how good the service is. They have stores currently right now in Windsor, Tecumseh, LaSalle, Chatham, and now London. They're going to be opening up a uh, store soon here in the Kitchener-Waterloo area, as well as in the Mississauga area in the coming months. So go to macrofoods.ca and uh, try out this food. Now, one last thing that I just wanted to drop is for any of you guys watching this, if you have been on my social media at all this past week, uh, you will have seen that my best friend and my business partner and My guy, Chris Tidwell, Notorious TID. His wife, Kelly, who is literally the most giving, loving human being I have ever come across. This lady literally devotes her life to saving rescue animals. And that's, that's what she does. And she's literally one of the most, she's, she's, she's a saint, is what she is. And unfortunately, Unfortunately, a few weeks ago, she was diagnosed with ovarian cancer, and there's been a GoFundMe page that's been set up for the Tidwell family to just help them during this extremely tough time, and the link is below. I'm not going to sit here and put it on the screen. The link is below in the comments section on the YouTube. If you're listening to this on Spotify, it's in the description. If you have anything that you could potentially help out with at all, um, please, I just, I urge you to, uh, to go and help this family with anything that you can, because if there's any two people who deserve your love and help, it's these two people who, uh, are going to be going through a real difficult time over the next little while. And, um, I'm going to be there every step of the way with them that I can be. And I just want to try to help them out in any way possible. So if you can, uh, please and all donations are welcome and very much uh, appreciated. And if you have donated so far, uh, because as of this moment, I believe that it's over $6,500 so far uh, from the bottom of my heart. Uh, and that's, and I can probably, I know I can speak on behalf of the Tidwell family as well. Thank you very, very much. We're not the kind of group that asks for help very easily. So, uh, If you can please help out and uh i hope you guys enjoy this episode of uh of the big ben and friends podcast because this was a really good chat with a good dude enjoy
Welcome, everybody, to episode 20 of the Big Ben and Friends podcast. I am your host, Big Ben Ortmans, and on this episode, I'm going to be getting to know one of my friends from the pro wrestling business a little bit better. This man here is a bit of a psychopath, and I think that's why I love him so goddamn much. Uh, this kid here, I, uh, I know him through Aiden Prince, as I'm sure that we'll kind of get to know uh, or figure out throughout the course of the podcast here. Um, he actually started and how I met him was he started coming down to work for me for the uh, Crossbody Pro Wrestling Showcase Series shows. And he was one of the guys that I just kind of was drawn to immediately because I could tell that not only was this a kid that had all the potential in the world, but he has that thing that just draws me to people, which is authenticity. And that's something that, uh, especially for someone his age, I find very remarkable that he's, he's got that to him, I suppose. He's one of the guys right now who, especially for 2020, has been absolutely killing it on the indie scene when uh, a lot of us don't really get the luxury to, but he's been taking every opportunity that's been coming his way and he's been making the absolute most of it. He's been a guy who's, he's had his contract before and he's not had his contract anymore. And that's something I'm sure that we'll skim through. This guy has done so much in such a little amount of time, and he's got to be one of the MVPs of the North American indie scene this year alone. Uh, he's one of my better friends in pro wrestling that I would consider anyway, and he's a guy that I haven't talked to in a while, so I'm actually really looking forward to catching up with him. Ladies and gentlemen, my buddy Nolan Edwards. How are you, man? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Does that shit make you all weird? No, it's it's so. I don't know how to I don't know how to explain it. It's like uh, you ever like just you're super curious to hear what people say about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a completely different vibe when you're in like this kind of setting and that's done. Yeah, I, like, I guess it's, so. it's, it's, it you it's it it carries a different weight, so to say. Yeah, it's I, I just like so. constant. It's just a constant getting put over, and it's great. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is is that you know everybody seems to be tripped out whenever i give them their introduction and uh, i try not to even like write anything down anymore like i just was fair enough i just try to go off the top of my head um but it's it's funny how everybody gets tripped out by their own accomplishments it's just like i haven't said anything like i'm not tooting anybody's horn uh i haven't said anything that's like untrue i'm just really talking and just listed things that are yeah. that are legit so it's i i find it actually kind of funny that people get tripped out when they're like oh man i don't know what to say about all this stuff it's like motherfucker you did it i just <laughs> it's like i'm just uh yeah. I, i'm just the one that's kind of uh bringing it up i guess in bullet point form so maybe you, it's but i guess at the same time too though it's not really something that you sit there and uh at least most of us anyway don't really sit there and be like oh man i did this and this and that was cool because you're busy trying to get to the next thing yeah. right fair enough i mean i've yeah. never like when you bullet point it and it's all back back to back that's kind of where it trips me up probably so no i'm curious right off the bat how old are you i'm 22 you're 22 um why the hell are you such a mature 22 year old i want to know that right off the bat like where what what spawned this uh fucking creature that is nolan edwards Bit of a What's deep question off the bat, right? Yeah, man. 
<laughs> I don't know. I just kind of think I've just been like, oh man, I spent like a majority of my life. I'd consider being a loner for good reason, just because I, I wanted to be, just because I wanted to be. And um, when I first started wrestling, it's kind of like you got to train yourself to not be that, or at least I did. And so I think I, uh, oh man, I think at the start, I'd say I was trying to be so much like everybody else. And I realized I didn't need to do that. So then I was like, let's just go back to being who I am. <laughs> um, but I like I that. That's, really, I, I, I was, thought that was awesome. Just because you, when you meet all these young guys that are coming up and stuff like that, it's, 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 it's weird in a, in a way. Like it's, it's, it's expected because everybody's supposed to be taught etiquette and you're supposed to approach people a certain way. But at the same time, like there's this weird, like it almost seems kind of cookie cutterish. So it's, I, yeah. I love it when just randomly uh, you, you meet someone like yourself and it's just like, Hey man. And it's like, you're still respectful and everything, but you can just tell that there's like, you're happy to be here, but there's something about you where it's just like, you don't give a fuck at the same time. And it's like, okay, cool. We can chat about things. Like this is a guy I, I have talked to. I have said, <laughs> I have, I have, I have explained that in so many ways. Like I've wanted to be a pro wrestler for so long and then you're finally there. And at the beginning it was constant. I got to talk to everybody. I got to do this, do that in the locker room. And now I'm in a locker room. I'm just going to sit in the corner I don't want anybody to talk to me <laughs> and that's just my personality. I am so happy to be there, but I'm yeah. also just like, we're fucking here. Like, <laughs> yeah, same. I don't I, know. It's like, it's, it, I'm, I very much, I scare people with how often I'm just like, I could die tomorrow. And they're like, Whoa, don't say that. <laughs> and I was like, it's true. I mean, I can. So I'm just gonna like, I'm happy to be here. Like, yeah, I, I I've get always that. explained it that way. It's like when you started off being like, oh, he's a total psychopath. It was like my mentality is like, oh, what? I'm in this group chat with a few of my friends that like to travel with me and they're starting to get out more. Um, I'm trying to remember what they said. It's in, it's about me. It's their go to quote about me. And so as uh, it's something about dying. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but it's very it explains me in a nutshell. I wish I remembered it. <laughs> well, I, that part, see, again, like I, these are all things that I understand, but like, I, part of me is kind of curious because like you, uh, you're, where, where in Michigan are you from? Flint. You're from, oh, Jesus Christ. I didn't know that. So like you're, you're from the dirty water city. Yeah. Okay. That's where, that, I, that's where I was, that's where I was originally trained and everything. And yeah. Is that where you still live now? No, so it's like bouncing back and forth. Um, I'm constantly, well, also with the same amount of that I travel, it's kind of like, it's kind of weird to say that I don't have a home base, but like, right. I kind of do and don't. So like it was constant back and forth between uh, Windsor and Flint for, for that good portion of time. And then um, how far is that of a drive for you? About an hour. Well, that's not too bad. To the border, to the border, about an hour. Oh, okay, and then it's just depending on how much of a bunch of dickheads yeah. they want to be. Yeah, which you get that. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, I'm, I'm. It's weird. The amount of space I travel with where I wrestle from. I'm constantly wrestling in the lower Midwest, the South, and now the East Coast. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of find a spot in between wherever. <laughs> 
Dude, I did the same thing. That's how like, I've I, been. I, when, I, uh, when I first started, I kind of just – it's weird. When people ask me where I lived, I actually didn't have an answer either because I was living wherever the work was, I guess, at the time. Exactly. Because um, exactly. that's just kind of – that's just what I did. Like for the first few years, like I, like I was living in Hamilton – or no, sorry, I was living in Mississauga, and then um, and that I was training in Hamilton, and then once I got like the the okay to go, like I, I had my first match uh, on the outskirts of Toronto in the city called Peterborough, and then it was like got home, slept, and then got up, and then a bunch of us drove to Nova Scotia on the other end of the country. Yep, uh, and then just it was pretty much just gangbusters from there, and like once I had a taste of like touring. I was like, okay, I'm going like literally wherever the work was. Cause then by the time I had gotten home, I had already pretty much gotten myself ready to go and move back out East. Cause like there was a full-time territory at the time uh, called real action wrestling. And they were actually running seven days a week across. The is this Maritime. Nova Scotia or is yeah. this? Yeah. Okay. Nova, uh, so like the Maritimes is like Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, uh, yeah. Prince Edward Island. So this, this company real action wrestling was literally running seven days a week across like these three provinces and guys were actually making money. And like, it was, it That's was, perfect. Like, it was so cool. So as soon as I got back, I was like, okay, I'm getting the fuck back to Nova Scotia because I got to get myself a job down there. So it was sort of the same deal. Like, uh, I ended up getting a tryout. Uh, for real action wrestling, which ended up, <laughs> so ended up getting a tryout, had my, my little spot, uh, got back. Um, everybody was super pumped and I got a, I got a call or no, sorry. I can't remember if it was a call like a couple of days later or if it was like that night, but I got told that I was hired and I was being brought onto the crew. Uh, I, I was given a starting wage, like the whole shebang. And then, oh, yes. uh, and then three days later they closed the company down. <laughs> Oh Jesus Christ! Story yeah. of my life. And then, uh, and then I ended up moving wow. home, and yeah, and then it's just you move home, and then you move to fucking BC. You come back, you go to Winnipeg, you come back. It was just, yep, wherever the goddamn work is, right? Yep, that's exactly where it is. And right now, the work is in the south or the east for me. So, <laughs> well, I was gonna say, like a lot of the indies that are happening right now, I feel like is like Indianapolis area. Is that right? Yeah, no, that's a fair thing to say. So. um, Cause like what kind of restriction, like, I don't really know. Like I, I know that it's more so just, it's more so just the COVID restrictions. Right. But where, so, um, where, like, where are you allowed to actually have shows right now? Indianapolis was the reason it hit. Like I think it did was because people were allowed to run in venues, not just open air, like outdoor stuff gotcha. before anybody else was. So when larger companies saw that and they were already traveling companies, I think they kind of jumped on it when they could. Um, I'm trying to think where else you can run indoors right now. I, New Jersey, you can. Florida. Um, I've done some the outdoor Georgia shows. I, I would imagine the outdoor shows are starting to slow down with the with weather. The yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was just it was it was gonna happen with time. Like there, you can only do that for so long. I uh, in Jersey, I did this is two weeks ago now or two weekends ago. It feels like it was this past weekend, but um, a couple weekends ago, I probably wrestled in thirty six degree weather outside in New Jersey, and 
I remember telling it was for ICW and Larry Legend was in the ring. And I remember looking at him and saying, if I don't take my hoodie off right now, because I came out first, I was wearing this hoodie and my yeah. entrance jacket. And I came out with this and I came out first. And while he, while my opponent was making his entrance, I, I looked at Larry and I said, if I don't take this off right now, I never will. And so <laughs> I, I looked at him and I just threw it off. And he kind of gave me this look like you're screwed. You yeah. know, I'm just like, if I didn't take it off then, it wasn't going to happen. Not at all. <laughs> I would have left it on. I actually, in a weird way, like I, I kind of have respect for everybody that have been doing these outdoor shows because I fucking hate wrestling outdoors. Like there's just – I hate wrestling like, outdoors in general. Yeah, not same. even when Not even when weather's, weather is like an issue. Yeah. Well, because the noise just it, it goes up. So, like, it doesn't have that same, like, effect that it does, like, when it's indoors. And at the same time, like, you just don't get that same, like, vibe, I suppose. Like, uh, yeah. there's, just, there's just something about that enclosed area, I find, that's just a lot uh, more personable. And, um, yeah. And it's just a lot easier to deal with wrestling in uh, lukewarm weather. <laughs> I was so cold <laughs> i wore tights under my tights really eh? yeah so yeah. when uh when when all this like shit started to go down with with covid and everything like you were really like you were starting to to, to kind of pick up some steam like before all of this stuff um so when all of this hit how were you able to kind of get yourself back into that spot like where because like there's a lot of indie guys in the states right now but there was only so many shows um and i've yeah. seen and i and it just seems like you've been able to find yourself on a lot of these shows which is something that you know you gotta gotta throw you gotta tip the hat to you know what i mean because like there's only so many spots right now and you're getting a lot of them yeah i it's something i've been asked quite a bit and that's like, I always respond with, I think I was just available. The companies that did run or currently are running post. I think I was just available. And I'm not trying to say that to like downplay it, but I made myself available to these bigger companies by showing up and paying dues or whatever um before the shutdown so when yeah. it lifted i was available then and i made sure to let them know i was available now um and i think I, I i'd say that and hard work but that's like the cliche shit no right? but that's but you um, can say that though because like you you're one of the guys who can say that they have traveled put their like put yeah. their work in you know like you um you were about to start doing the bigger shows for me down here in Canada before all of that shit hit. And uh, yep. like, as opposed to just doing like the showcase series shows. And um, I would assume that that would have kind of helped get you like a little bit open some more doors for you here in, in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. I think, well, the, so it was also kind of like my experience in Canada is weird. Cause I wasn't like the, I don't know I, the way I described Canada when any, ever, ugh. Whenever anybody asked me, as I was like, I've got crossbody. Um, and they were like, that's it. And I was like, I don't want anything else, to be honest. <laughs> like, being, being from Windsor and then, like, not being a Windsor guy anymore, 
It's just yeah. like, what do I, like, what am I going to be looked at in Canada anymore? There's like, there's like, obviously there's carloads that come to the States that don't even know the time that I've spent in Canada because mm-hmm. I don't care to be one of those guys that was like, Oh, I'm so-and-so's group or so-and-so's group. I just kind of was like, I'm just going to do my own thing. So when yeah. people told me like, Oh, where do you wrestle in Canada? I was like, crossbody. And they're like, anywhere else i was like i did i have yeah. i won't i won't in the future like <laughs> <laughs> um so it's kind of weird to explain that too no it's it's actually I, I i can kind of understand that because um there's this little there's this discussion that a lot of a lot of like the local guys have been throwing out on twitter <laughs> lately that uh they're like man i really wish that canada like in ontario would be uh more visible to to the wrestling audience across the world um maybe just have a little some more eyes on it per se and uh a lot of those younger guys uh i don't think they fully understand that there is a reason why uh in in my personal opinion and maybe you can vouch for this just because like you're literally on the other side of the fence so like you can maybe You can, you can actually tell me whether I'm right or wrong on this, but I kind of feel like America views uh, Ontario, at least anyway, which is kind of like the epicenter for wrestling right now, just because uh, in Canada, just because Ontario has access to Scott Demore. Scott Demore is the yeah. president yeah, yeah. of one of the major companies and has usually got his hands in some of one of the major projects that isn't WWE. So, Canada actually has a major executive in the wrestling world. So everybody kind of wants to trickle down this way to kind of get down there. So like in, I kind of feel like Ontario is judged as like Scott's uh, little junior, junior uh, organization that he can eventually draw things from to eventually draw things from, if that makes any yeah. sense. No, you're Am dead on. Am no. I? No, you're on. Like, that's how I explain it. Um, I'm trying. How did I explain it to someone before? I once explained it. They said, oh, so, like, it was kind of like. Whatever. And um, that's when I was like, well, if you're not an Ethan Page guy and you're not a Scott Demore guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, I, when you said that, that actually hit me in the chest area just because. Uh, and that's was, not saying it with hate. I just always explained it no, like I'm not Ethan Page's carload, and I don't work with Scott anymore. So right, who but, would know that I'm Canadian? What, what, <laughs> but what I, the reason why I say that is because like I need people to understand what you mean by that. Like I yeah. I, I attempted to get uh to get booked with a, a larger independent group in the States. And I was speaking to the promoter and I, I seemed to be making a bit of headway. And he, then he basically said, he's just like, he seemed to be kind of on the fence. And then all of a sudden he's just like, well, you know what? I'm going to have to talk to Ethan page. Cause if you're not an Ethan page guy, I'm not going to use you. And then I was just like, Whoa. Yeah. That's Is the that- impact that that's the impact that whenever you tell anybody um, in the States, like, cause when I first went to, when I moved down to the South, I moved from Canada. So, um, they were like, Oh, where are you from? And I was like, Oh, well, I'm, I just came from Windsor mm-hmm. and I wasn't lying. I just came from Windsor and everything. And I moved down and they were like, Oh, are you a Ethan page guy? And I was like, no. And they were like, Oh, 
And I was like, that's the right. impact it has. Cause like, yeah. uh, they're the guys that are working really big shows in the States. Um, and they let it be known where they're from. So exactly. it's not on, it's not a bad thing, but it's just like the impact and the weight that it carries to where you're like, Oh, I just came from Canada. And they were like, all right, well you're not with so-and-so. So it's like, Oh shit. Like, <laughs> and, and again, like I, I, I said like the reason why I was so like, Oh fuck. Because I'm like, I know that, uh, I don't think that we, it's not that we don't get along anymore, but like we certainly like at the time weren't friendly whatsoever you know yeah and i was just like oh my fucking god i'm like are you there's there's no way that like my my path into a country is going to be dictated by like two people and it's right and it's it was just it was just strange um but at the same time too though i like if I actually think that we're fuck. I think we might be onto something. And again, this this isn't taking shots at Ethan Page. <laughs> I, I, I I'm no. really not. Um, but at the same time, that also, if anything, it's it's kind of showing how much power like that dude has been able to obtain by hustling right. as hard as he did. Because the reality That's is, where is, I say it from is because of his hustle. Yeah, because I say to like all these guys in the area when they when they start to complain about uh, lack of eyeballs on them, and it's just like. Here's the thing. It's just like it, we're not in a if you build it, they will come uh, situation anymore. That's not yeah. how it is. It's just like you've got to go to to people, and like you, that's how you get the eyeballs on you. Is you got to go to the eyeballs. So if you're not doing like those things that Ethan Page does, like hopping in cars and going down there, like now, do I think that it's possible to become an American guy without becoming an Ethan Page guy? Absolutely. It's just. Yeah. Once you get those opportunities, then you therefore have to show what your value is because then people will t start to take you off of that. You know what I mean? Like I, I, uh, I started to get in pretty good with, a with a company out of Pennsylvania before like COVID and all that shit happened. And I'm actually pissed because like I, I did one show for them randomly and like they I fucking think I remember seeing you do with that. They fucking loved me and I loved working there. And I was just like, <laughs> And, and the dude that I ended up wrestling, I had met for the first time, like, cause I, they, like, I didn't, they didn't even know who I was. Like, I just went with Rex Atkins and then, uh, cause he just needed someone to drive with. And I was like, fuck it. I'm on vacation. I'll drive to Pennsylvania with you. Fucking. Yeah, yeah. So then we get there. I, you know, I bring my gear obviously. And then, uh, uh, Rex gets me a spot and then I was going to wrestle this one guy and then he just didn't show up to the building. So then they ended up putting me with this other guy and it was like okay uh you're wrestling him but you, you guys are up in like 15 minutes and i was just like great all right this is gonna be a fucking i i took that like normally i would be like fuck but i i kind of uh I, it was weird i was sitting beside eddie kingston because he was booked on the show and i just looked at him and he kind of looked at me and i'm like all right i got this and he's just like <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like yeah you do and then i went and i found uh i found the kid i we broke everything down real quick i put something together uh because i was just like hey listen I, I don't mean to be disrespectful i know this is your home just trust me like so put something together and then i'm like i feel good about this do you he's just like yeah and then i i'm like hey eddie and then i went to eddie and i'm like ran it by him and he kind of like tweaked a couple of things for me and i was just like "Ooh, thank you went out fucking did the match and as the, it. it was one of those deals where like as it's happening you're just like oh this is going so well like this is fucking yeah. great and then uh 
got to the back and I was just like, Oh dude, like that was fucking sweet. Like meeting somebody for the first time, like literally, and then wrestling them 20 minutes later and then being able to fucking have a banger of a match is the coolest feeling. It was, I did, ah, man, at the start of. Shout out to Dakota Orion, by the way. Fucking great kid. Oh, is that who it was? Yeah. Wow. Like really, I was really impressed. He was uh, like. There was, there was a show. It's called Punk Pro Wrestling. It's out of, it's in Florida. And. um, Sounds up my ass. I know the guys from the work I did with WWN. I, I, I knew them. It, it's such a nice, nice spot, man. I can't say enough gr- gr- great things about it, but uh, I got to know the promoters through my work with WWN and evolve uh, camera and everything, not wrestling. And right. <laughs> um, so they, I, I messaged them and I, cause I had my buddy in Tampa that was on the show. He said, Hey, they're running a show message. Zach, who's one of the promoters. And I, I, Message him. He's like, yeah, if you can get down here. And I was like, there's nothing else going on wrestling wise right now. So I bought my own plane ticket to go down to Florida and wrestle two matches where the crowd was the boys. And the entire time I was there, I was just like, well, the entire buildup, I was like, uh, okay, we don't know if airports are going to get shut down. We don't know if they are, or if there aren't. And so I was like, I just need to get down there. And if I get stuck, I'll find a way back somewhere. And yeah. <laughs> so I end up, my plane, my flight was a good go. It was good to go. Cause at the time, any flight that you got, they were like, no refunds if it gets canceled. And I said, well, it cost $80 for a round trip. So I'm not mad. If I lose $80, whatever, I've probably lost more at some point. <laughs> sure. And, and, uh, I, the guy I wrestled there, I've known, I, we've known each other for a long time, but then the way it ran is they ran five matches, a 15 minute break, five matches, a 15 minute break, five matches, a 15 minute break, five matches. And you all wrestled like two or three times in a day and oh, they wow. were recording it for episodes. It was like a, it was like a, a, a sleeper cell taping kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like when beyond first started. Yep. And, um, they were called secret shows and I didn't wrestle on the first block and they didn't tell me who it was, who I was wrestling until the first block was done. They just randomly walked up to me and said, Hey, you're wrestling Zach. And I was like, hell yeah. And then they <laughs> looked at us and they were like, you guys are starting. And I was like, cool. And they were like, it's the main event. So technically from when it was recorded, it would be the main event, but we were opening it. Nice. And um, I was like, okay. And then he said, we're going up at whatever time. And there's no exceptions. Like we have to start right here. And I look at my phone and I said, shit, that's in nine minutes. <laughs> I walked up to him and I said, he said, man, I've been wanting to wrestle you ever since we met in Nashville. And I was like, me too. I was like, this is going to be great. Uh, see you out there. <laughs> and uh, it was kind of cool. John Davis, who uh has been around for such a long time and is like such a big, large, like name in the, in the area. And just with his work that he's done for evolve and FIP and places over the year was there and he watched it. And when he was giving us feedback, um, he had nothing bad to say, uh, which was a great feeling. Um, and I don't like getting wrestling feedback cause I'm very much a, and this is more recent than anything else. This is after Davis had given us advice, but 
since then I've, I'm kind of more just like, I've gotten feedback where I don't ask for it and they're very pushy and aggressive. And yeah. I just have to look at them and say, thanks. And then when I just say thanks, they're like, Oh, well, you're being disrespectful. And then I got to respond with by saying, well, that's the story I was telling. Anybody would approach it in any other way because everybody's trying to tell a different story or whatever. But Davis gave us advice and uh, he just like, it was, it was a great feeling. And he said he saw, he had his phone in his hand because the only thing that we figured out about the match was the start. That's it. And we ended up going like 10 minutes, I think I want to say. And it was one of those things where as it's happening, when we're going to grab each other, it was like, fuck yeah. And did something <laughs> else. It was like, that's great. And then, <laughs> but he said he was on his phone and he heard the first bump, which happened right away, by the way. Like mm -hmm. the second the bell rang, I just got destroyed. And he said he heard the first bump and he put his phone down and pushed it to the side. And he was watching the rest of it, like eyes glued to a TV screen. And he was like, yeah, you guys had me there. And I was like, great. So I was in a very similar spot during quarantine than you were with that situation. But it turned out, I don't know, for the better. It was so more like of a fight. Yeah, that's fucking sweet, though. Um, now, how many matches have you been wrestling since, like, you've, you've put quite a bit of work in since, uh, like, during, during COVID. I, I don't even know what the fuck I call this. During this well, shitty break. I, I wish I was one of those wrestlers that kept a log of their matches, but I'm not. Um, I did at one point. But I, I can say I've wrestled – I've been wrestling every weekend. This is the – this weekend and last were, were the first weekends I've had off since – well, shit, since I just have – just so happen to have my computer behind me. Hold on. <laughs> See, because I find all this crazy because I have literally had one match this year. I'd say since the end of August, this is the – these are the first weekends I've had off. That's crazy. So I'd say a solid month, just under two months of – uh, maybe two months exact of work every weekend. Now, one thing I'm starting to notice about, uh, about these matches that you're starting to get is that you're, you're starting to absolutely gain the trust of the promoters because you're starting to get put with some, some pretty big name guys. Yeah. Um, like I, I, I seen you've like, got a match with Tony Deppin coming up. Is that correct? That's not happening anymore. I was going to say, would that weird you out just because he just, I mean, dude's got COVID right now, does he not? It wouldn't, no, because he's already tested negative again, I believe. Uh, did he? Okay, that's good. Yep. Um, but uh, I don't even know what match I'm having that day. Oh, okay. So I was originally booked against Tony Deppen, and um, then the next day I got a message from the promoter saying um, – Hey, it's not you and Deppin anymore. Trust us. And I said, okay. He said, a buddy of mine, a buddy of mine is now available to the Indies again, and we're going to make it happen. And I was like, all right. And so I'm just going with the flow. And, <laughs> and when's that? Um, that'll be my next match. That'll be, um, it's, it'll be ICW No Holds Barred Pit Fighter 3. It's not even in a ring. It's in a cage. That's sick. If you, if, if you watch Pit Fighter on IWTV, um, 
there's been two pit fighters so far. I'm on the second. Um, and that's kind of where I earned my spot on these shows for the remainder of the year was yep. because of that match. Cause I got on the show the next day, but, um, so they actually have the matches inside of a, like a, in an MMA cage. Yeah. That's fucking cool. It's, I've, I've, I've done a, I've, I've done a match in an MMA cage before and it was, I fucking loved it. I know, I know you, I know Crossbody's on IWTV and everything and I'm sure you still have a subscription, right? Yeah. Yeah. Check out, check out, uh, ICW, the shows, the, the normal show, the normal shows that they do, uh, there's no ropes. It's just chain. And, uh, it's called ICW. No holds barred. I'm wearing the hoodie right now, actually. Yeah, there it is. Um, I just, I'm, I'm a, I love the knockoff of the movie. So appreciate that. Respect. <laughs> and so, um, then there's the pit fighter shows, which is essentially deathmatch rules in a cage. That's, I don't know about the deathmatch part. That's not really my alley, but like, God damn, I love wrestling. The, this is going to sound fucked up, but you know who I've, the only match I've ever had against, uh, the only person I've ever wrestled against in a cage was, uh, was Chris Hero. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. There was a um and it was funny because it was at uh <clears throat> not the gym that we have right now, but it was at a different facility that we had at the time. There was another yeah. company that was um that had asked me to uh to provide them I was doing them a favor at the time and Chris Hero wanted to break the record for the longest amount of time wrestled uh in one stretch which was like, it was going to be like three and a half hours. So he essentially, he did a gauntlet where he was just going through guys. And uh, like, he would just basically, one guy would go out, they would call a match on the fly, boom, next match, boom, he'd call it like, and he just kept match, 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 match. And then um, the, the promoter guy came up to me and he was just like, uh, do you want in? And I never even considered it because I'm like, I'm there trying to like put everything together. Right. And then I was yeah. like, well, fuck. Yeah. You know what? I got my gear. Like, I mean, I'll go, I'll go do that. And then as I'm getting ready to, to go out, I'm waiting for the, for the guy before me to, to finish his match. And then all of a sudden I can't even remember who it was. Somebody comes up and they're just like, yo, why don't you challenge him to a cage fight? Cause we had a cage in the gym and I'm like, is that a good idea? Like to, cause I feel like that might fuck with him a little bit. Like he's like an hour and some odd minutes into to wrestling. If anything, <laughs> I'd be like, Oh, thank God for that refresher. So I, so I, I'm like, okay. So I go out and he, he like shakes everybody's <laughs> hand beforehand. And then as he shakes my hand, he goes to pull away and I just pulled him back in. And then I kind of just cut like a half-assed promo, like in front of like the couple people that were there. And then was just like, Hey man, I appreciate what you're doing right now. I respect all this stuff. Uh, I think that's really cool that you want to have the longest wrestling match, yada, yada, yada. But you're here, you're wrestling me now. And I feel like the, the biggest way that I could personally welcome you into my home is to fight you, not in this ring, but into that one. And he just looks at me and I didn't know if he was about to like fucking shoot punch me or like, what i was just like but i could tell that he was just like something the wheels were spinning and then all because he still had my hand and i'm like what's he doing yeah, what's he, he doing he and then all thinking. of a sudden he looks at the cage he looks at me he looks at the cage he looks at me and he's just like let's fucking 
do it. And I was just like, yes. And then like he, uh, he says to me afterwards that he was actually, that I beat him to the punch. He said that he wanted to challenge me to go into the cage with him. So the next thing I know, I'm having this fucking like calling the match on the fly with Chris Hero. And like at one point in time, I've got him literally pinned up against the cage and raining fucking bombs on him, bro. And like afterwards, one of the biggest compliments that I got, because people were saying to me afterwards, they're like, dude, why were you fucking lighting him up like that? Like, relax. And the best part was, is as someone was saying that to me, he comes back, he's just like, bro great work punches feathers he's like sorry yeah and and because like he had me back up against the cage he had my face like grinded me up against the cage the one time and then he fucking like gave me a a forearm to like the back of the neck and it like pinched and it like pinched my face into the cage because i wasn't expecting it um of course but he's like oh sorry about the potato and i'm like dude we're in a fucking cage it's fine (laughs) It's, it's all good <laughs> it's man it's but man i like sorry to kind of break off into that story, no but um but that's i as soon as you said that i was like oh dude the amount of possibilities that i was going through in my head afterwards i was just like fuck because that was literally just put on me as i'm going out there and then like doing it on the fly so i was just like shit yeah, the no. things that i the things it's, that i could do now would be crazy i didn't realize i didn't realize how weird it was because this was only the second show that they did it. And I, it was only my first time in it. And um, I, halfway, halfway through the match, I kind of looked over and I was just like, we're not in a ring. <laughs> I knew this. I knew this going into it. And then I, during the match, in the middle of it, I just go like, this is not a wrestling ring. Because as I'm in there, you, you can tell yourself, the 13 hour drive it was to get to the venue for me the entire fucking time. You can say you're not wrestling in a ring right now, Nolan, you're not going to wrestle in the ring. And then you get in there and you're like, wow, this isn't a ring. No fucking (laughs) shit. But in the middle of it, I just, I just kind of looked at it and I was like, Oh, so like I was taking advantage and like grabbing the the cage door because it opened to the inside of it and like using that and stuff. And Oren Vite, was watching from like this balcony area at the venue and he was in the first match against Eric Ryan the month before of the show. Mm -hmm. And I came up to him and he was, he was giving me some, some feedback and everything. And I just kind of, he just said, how did you feel? And I said, at one point I, I realized I wasn't in a wrestling ring. And, and he said, that's exactly how I felt. You can imagine how weird it was for us because we were the first match we were setting the pace and tone for this whole thing. And now they're doing a series of shows of it. Um, I was just like, yeah, I don't know what it was at some point while I was in there. I just got, maybe I was getting hit. Maybe I was hitting him. I don't know, but it was definitely in the middle of that match. I looked over and I was like, there's no ropes. Like, <laughs> it was, I don't weird. have anything to jump off of. And that's not even to say I jump off of stuff a lot but even now that it was taken away i was just like this is weird yeah but i liked it but it makes you really think like okay so when when you hear guys say like hey try to have a match without using the ropes now you actually have that ability to to do that because you've literally been in atmospheres where you're like oh shit like i uh it's crazy how situations like 
yeah, it, it's crazy how situations like that can really um, tie over and translate into like what you're supposed to be doing normally in a ring. It's yeah. Like I've heard that too, where some people are like, Oh, one day at my training, they didn't put the ropes up and we, and we trained without ropes and everything. And I was like, yeah, I've That's done that cool. too. Yeah. But in the, like, it was weird. Cause in a show where there's fans and they were into it that night, they were very loud. And, um, I don't, it's just like everything that you're used to on a normal show. But then the one thing is you're like, Oh yeah, I'm in a cage with no padding on the ground. Oh really? It's the eh? floor. It's the floor. Oh fuck. And, and, um, and I just kind of, there's, it's, there's a thin like mesh mat that they put. I wouldn't say mat. It's like a cloth. It's like mm -hmm. a bed sheet. Yeah. That's, it's that thick of black just to put on the ground for any debris and stuff from like doors or whatever. And, um, that's it. And I was Damn. taking belly to bellies. I'm taking belly to bellies as they're coming. And I'm like, I skid off the floor. There's a gnarly picture of my back after that match with like just burns across my back. And is this like a concrete floor? No, it's a, it's like a, it's called the bloodshed. That's the name it's been given. It's a legit shed. And I'd say it's not, it's not like concrete, but it's like grass. God damn. That's a, yeah. That's a and I can't wait to go back. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's wild. Watch it. You'll you'll see what I mean. Like I will. Like, I'm, uh, I'm checking that cam. out for sure. Yeah, there's a hard cam that's coming from like the balcony area that I talked about. Yeah. And then there's there's two follow cams, but it's a cage, so obviously they're on ladders and they're prepared for it, filming yeah. wise and filming above the cage. Um, but watch it, and you'll see that you'll see what I mean on the ground. Okay. Now, one thing that we were just kind of talking about is like being able to trans transition different like uh, stuff into what you do in the ring. And one thing that uh, you've done that is that, in, in my opinion, that you've been able to transition into the ring, that's probably one of your greatest assets that I, I don't think a lot of people know that maybe I'm about to blow up, but um, you really like, you're a production guy. Like you started doing like yeah. camera work for a lot of these companies before you started doing like actual Any shows and, and wrestling and stuff like that. Yeah. So like, how did you, like, where did that all start? Like, how did, is that, was that kind of like your way in was like you, cause like, I know that you've done work with films and stuff like that. And was, yeah. so was that your, uh, your way in, I guess? No, I wouldn't say it was my way in. So I, when I was 16, I went to a wrestling school for like two months okay uh right when i first got my license in flint and then um school started back up because it was over the summer right and so i couldn't i couldn't go back to i don't know i couldn't do school and drive an hour and a half to training right and so um so I just kind of let it be and then in the back of my head it was always just like when people asked me how it's going i was like well i can't wait for the summer to go back to wrestling school again um but then that never happened. And so when I graduated high school, I ended up going to a film school and then I got work with, uh, MTV and I was oh, doing, wow. uh, I was doing reality, I was doing reality shows for MTV for two, uh, maybe, maybe approaching two years. What shows did you do? I worked on catfish and real world. 
Jesus Christ, really? Yeah. And um, <clears throat> so what did you do, I, like camera work or was this production? Uh, I was a camera operator. So I got to ask, like it, start, it started as production work and then it turned into me being a camera operator. Do you ever run into any like fucked up situations? Like, as, oh my God, every weekend. Yeah. Fucking tell me one or two yeah. of those stories. Like what? So, like, Cause I'm one. assuming that a the real... catfish show must've put you in some weird shit. Yeah. That's, those are the ones that I have two stories from anything. If you've ever watched real world, you'd understand. It's just like, how would I explain real world to somebody that doesn't know it? It's just like, it's soap opera drama yeah. and it's lovey dovey at times. And it's like, Oh, it's nothing you wouldn't expect. Like now I'm an adult at the time when I was working on it, I wasn't. But now I've experienced life in the outside <laughs> world. So I look at real world just as, oh, we're just filming what usually happens. At the time, I was like, wow, this is batshit crazy. But yeah. now I'm just like, no, that's, that's the world. <laughs> um, so the, uh, two quick stories from Catfish. We filmed an entire season, not an entire season, entire episode uh, following this one woman and her son and – about the whole catfish catfish situation and what they were going through. And she had a tattoo on her chest and it, I don't remember what it said. It, it was along the lines of choke me or something, something wild and out there, but <laughs> okay. I don't think it was that. I don't think it was that. Some, it was, it was something along those lines though. And it was in every shot um, of her. And at the end of this, at the end of the show, like the last day of filming, I remember waking up and going to going to uh, the minivan because we got like minivans to put all the camera equipment in and everything because we were on the traveling constantly on on the go with travel. Um, I remember going there and the this girl that was another camera operator with me said, "Oh, she doesn't want to do it anymore," and I was like, "You mean we just filmed four days with her and she doesn't want to do the last day, like the reveal?" And yeah. when we all find out, and so is she like, you mean she doesn't want to do that? And she said, yeah, something about her chest tattoo. And she's just not comfortable with people seeing it. And I was like, then don't get the chest tattoo. And don't <laughs> wear shirts that show it. Like, <laughs> and she ended up getting talked around. And then there, there's an episode. I don't remember what it is, but people can find it. I don't remember what season. It'll be somewhere between six and whatever's recent. Um. There's an episode where there, the entire time there's a there's a every shot of this one woman her chest is blurred because it's because of a tattoo. That was one story. That was just like mind-boggling just like that was about to ruin my whole day kind of story. Jesus. The other one was um this girl was apparently on Catfish season 2 or 3 or something way before my time there cuz I think I jumped in on season 6. But okay. there's a, there's some time gap there. And she weighed like 400 pounds mm -hmm. on that, on that episode when she was first there. F uh, fast forward to the first season I worked with them. Max, one of the hosts kept saying, I think I know this girl. I really think I know this girl. And this isn't even like on camera bullshit. Like him saying like, I think I know this girl. I just can't put my, my mind on or like head on whatever, yeah. just to play up to the camera. Like we're at the <laughs> hotel after filming's done no cameras around he's just like no i know who this girl is come to find out season two girl that weighed 400 pounds lost like 
250 pounds. Nice. Good for her. And and now she's on season six catfishing someone else. Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) What are and then and so the next day when we showed up, she Max is just like pulls her out of pulls her out of the asks her to come out of the onto her front porch. And I'm filming from a camera like 50 feet away, zoomed in, because like whatever. Yeah. And and she just says, Yeah, that's me. And Max just goes knew it <laughs> it was it was wow wild. that's um, that was the two craziest stories i got from that jesus christ so to I, kind I, of tie from it, that experience from yeah. that experience i ended up going back to wrestling school when i was done working with mtv i just some stuff in my life happened where i was like i don't think i want to do this right now and um because in my in the back of my head i always wanted to wrestle and now right. here I am a year out of film school, not wrestling, but I'm working, but I'm not wrestling. And so I had a friend that uh, sold merch for Evolve. Oh, okay. Like whenever they came to town, he'd run the merch table. Mm-hmm. And um, that turned into me showing up and filming for them as I was training to be a pro wrestler still. So oh, I went sweet. to training again would film for evolve did some ringside stuff and did did some did everything else and then um when i became a wrestler I just every time evolve was in town i'd film for them that's what led me just trying to better my wrestling going to windsor um going to the can-am dojo and then that's how i got the gig at impact because they needed people <clears throat> and i was like well i have experience in that and yeah. it wasn't like a long question it was like I said that it wasn't me that said it. I hit it. Cause I said, uh, you know, Ingrid and Bravo and everybody. Yeah. They Rest knew. in peace, Bravo. Yeah. <laughs> what did they do to him? <laughs> Who he's dead. Dude, I, um, I saw that and I was just like, well, that's a interesting way to end something. <laughs> what the was like, fuck? That was, that was my wrestling trainer at one point. Oh, holy shit, man. Like, I was like, the, I've shared hotels with that man. He just died and, on TV. And how did anybody else not freak out? There was a fucking gunshot. <laughs> like, everybody else is just standing there, and they're just like, what happened? <laughs> like, why, is, why does right. Bravo have this gigantic fucking hole in his chest? I'm, I'm just going to say it's okay. But I kept it a secret from them that i did I, they knew i did oh, production that was good they shit. knew they knew all of that and they were like <laughs> you, know, you know if you tell scott you'll have a job and i was like yeah but i'm not gonna tell him that because i want to be a wrestler right and um and then one day he just randomly came up to me he's like hey you you do this and i was like oh, fuck it yeah happened yeah. i think ingrid or somebody told him and and then with a week later i got a job and then i was doing that and that, uh, and then I just started as I was doing that. I was like, "Well, I'm still a wrestler," and I was mm-hmm. promoting my wrestling more than I was any Impact stuff I was doing. Yeah. Um, so, because Impact was like Monday through Friday, mm-hmm. and then I worked IWA Mid South for Ian Rotten at the time when I was working for for Scott at Impact, and um, every Thursday, I'd be like, "I'm coming in the office at six in the morning, and I'm gonna leave early." And they were like, "Okay," and then. I was because I was going to a wrestling show two and a half hours away yeah. for Ian and um, and then weekend shows and stuff like that. So I uh, 
film wasn't my way into wrestling i wouldn't say mm-hmm. um just because i always like kept it in the back of my in the front of my head remind them this is what you actually want to be in the film industry um when you're starting out a lot of stuff is production assistant work mm-hmm. like hey you're gonna go get coffee for this guy and you're gonna print stuff at fedex and this and that and but they, our teachers always told us um but it doesn't hurt to say, yeah, I'm a production assistant right now, but what I would like to be is an assistant director, or I would like to be a cinematographer, mm-hmm. or I would like to be a um, script supervisor. I'm trying to think of everything I've done on a set. Yeah. So um, when, I, when anybody ever asked me a wrestling question, I was always just like, like, oh, so you film? I was like, actually, I wrestle. And so that's kind of the tie-in for that. In the front of my mind, I was always like, just remind them that you're a pro wrestler. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like, obviously, uh, I mean, that was probably, without getting into it, one of the reasons why you're not there. I mean, you wanted to, you wanted to continue your path as, as to being yeah. a wrestler, right? And I, I mean, uh, and, and, and I get that. Like, when, when a company uh, invests in somebody and they, 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 they want them to invest back into them. Like, I, in a weird way, I can kind of understand that. But um, yeah. from where you were at in your life and from where you're at, you, you bet on yourself. And that was something that a lot of people wouldn't, I don't think would have the balls to do, especially at your age, because you know, like you're, you had a contract when you were what, 21. Is that right? 21. Yeah. So you had a yeah, contract. 21. So technically you had a contract with a major company when you were 21 years old and like, here I am, I'm 36 and like, I've, I've still never had one and never probably will, you know what I mean? So like, that's, so that's looking just when you look at that alone, that's like, wow, like that's, that's badass. Like that you, you, you got it. But then you realized that you, that it, that it was, it was going to take away from the ultimate goal. And then you decided to bet on yourself as a, as a wrestler and move on from that. And it's paying off, which I find very fucking admirable. I remember rest in peace, Bravo. Um, <laughs> I remember, uh, and anybody that knows me now, in the South and all my close friends that I call like family and everything that like guys like that talked to me a lot. Um, Cause we're just around each other in locker rooms every weekend or riding in the same cars every weekend. Uh, a lot lately. I've just, I've just sat in the back of a car at one point and people are like, wow, you're really shooting right now. Aren't you? And I was like all day, I was like nothing but the truth out of this mouth. And yeah. so, and so uh, I would like, and I'll keep that same mentality now. Um, I remember being in a car. Um, it, this was January. I was in Windsor, um, hanging out with some with some buddies from Windsor. Like, uh, like I don't know if you've ever met him, but a guy a guy named Keenan, who was a student at the school. Um, I think so. yeah, yeah, I've met. Yeah, yeah, I have met. I yeah, have met I was hanging out with him and some of the other guys, and this guy named Mike Knight, and. Um, we were all hanging out and at the time I was told from people in Nashville, not Scott and people in Nashville, uh, Hey, don't worry. You don't got to come back to Nashville. Like we don't need you anymore. Like you're fired through a text message. 
And I was like, what? Like my flights, my, my, I just sent a message back. Like, okay, cool. But in yeah. my head, I was like, fuck man, my flight is tomorrow to go back to Nashville. And like, whoa. And I had only been there like six months at that mm-hmm. time. So I'm leaving Windsor to go to, go to Nashville. I was in Windsor to film stuff for impact. And, um, and also just cause it was the holidays. And so I, uh, I remember getting back and like packing my stuff and just, I did a show that in Alabama Friday or no Saturday, never been to that promotion. And I'm riding with some of those friends that I've mentioned. And I just remember being in the back seat saying, Hey guys, uh, I think I'm going to quit at impact. And, <laughs> and they were like, what? And I was like, yeah, I really don't want to go into the office on Monday. And they were like, I was like, can I get your guys' advice? And they were like, well, what happened? And I explained like the whole, like, well, I got a text from someone saying I'm fired, but then somebody else said that they don't have the power to do that. Mm-hmm. That's higher than them. <clears throat> but I don't think I want it either way. Right. And they were like, I was like, what do you guys think? And they're like, well, it sounds like you made up your mind. And so I was like, maybe I did. I wrestled that day in Alabama. I got on the card. I was fortunate enough to do that just by showing up. They're like, oh, we know you. And I was like, oh, do you? Cool. Um, <laughs> I got on the show. And then the next day I was wrestling at uh, SUP against Lee Moriarty in Nashville. And I remember telling a photographer that I became really close with. I said, hey. I don't have a house anymore because uh, I was living at somewhere that impact provided. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was living at a, another person that worked at impacts spare bedroom, basically. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, I remember telling the photographer, I said, Hey, remember that one time when you found out I was homeless before we met and you said, if that ever happens again, you can have a place to stay. Like, don't, don't try to like be a, be a badass and sleep in your car again. I was like, yeah. He goes, he, he, he said, yeah. I was like, okay, well, I'm totally leaving. So about it. that. <laughs> so, so about that. And um, he, I just remember he looked at me and he's like, fuck, you serious? And I was like, yeah. He goes like, all right, let me call the wife. <laughs> he's like, I wrestled. I told him, I said, I told people, I said, if, and I don't think I've said this publicly at all, maybe two people, but publicly, I don't think I've ever said it. Um, I said to myself and to people around me, if I do a good job in this match, because this is my first singles advertised match at that company, I had done battle Royals before. Um, and they advertised me for this. So I was already like, man, you move to a new area and you're getting advertised in singles matches within two months, like good on you. Um, but there was no promise of future shows. I said, if you do, well in this match you will not go back to working for impact or you will not go back to working production for any wrestling company and not wrestling but if you fuck up you're you're done wrestling like i was so i was like i'm gonna quit wrestling if i fuck up and i'll hold the camera and like i'll put 100 percent effort in that and i um i liked the match and i just in my head i was like all right, now we now the match is over. Now to go back to personal life situations. And the promoters came up to me and, and quote, said, you're booked on every show from now on out. Nice. And I was like, fuck yeah. 
I was like, that's <laughs> what I needed to hear. Uh, and then me and me and the photographer got to got to talking, and I was fortunate enough to go back home to where I lived in Nashville that night, pack my stuff up, and leave the next morning, and headed to Louisville, Kentucky, and lived there for three weeks before heading back up to Michigan. Yeah. How yeah. is um. <clears throat> I can, I can cut this if that need be, but like, was, uh, was the leaving the Nashville house awkward? Like, or was that a, uh, no, I just, I, when I say I just packed my stuff and just walked out the front door without saying bye, like I did not. That's, I understand. I, uh, I just, I just packed my stuff up and I was like, all right, bye. I just left. I, I get it. Um, so I guess uh, before we get into the old rapid fire questions here, I, the one thing I guess I kind of want to, I guess I'm just curious about is, I mean, looking back at everything that, that happened <clears throat> and that's happened since then. Yeah. Would you change anything? Oh, and this, this answer is going to be something that I forgot to mention. Um, when I mentioned Bravo uh, two weeks after I left impact, I had a phone call with him and um, rest in peace, rest in peace. And this is, I don't know if he's, he's going to watch this. I know uh, he keeps up to date with some of my stuff at the time, but he's dead. So he can't watch it. Fuck. It's, it's hard to watch from. Yeah. Yeah. Rest he's hard to Bravo. But um, I will never forget this. He on the phone told me um, three years from now, if you are wrestling, because at the time I was a nobody in, in wrestling, and I still like to think that I am, but I also have to acknowledge um, people are getting familiar with my name. And he told me at the time, three years from now, if you are still working these shows in Michigan, these small shows in Ohio, then you know you made the wrong decision. And since then, I have probably debuted for 20 to 25 companies all across the United States. And um, I'd like to say I made the right decision. <laughs> I don't regret, I don't regret anything. Because I, I, when I did well in that match, I said, all right, if you're ever going to hold a camera again in this kind of situation, it's when you can't wrestle anymore because of nature's courses not because yeah you got hired to you know what i mean right see i see to me i mean i th I, I almost kind of feel like an asshole asking that because like in a weird way uh i guess as as the elder statesman of the conversation here yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. it's 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 kind of easy to it's it's easy there hasn't been a whole lot of time that's really passed since then. When you really look at the big picture, you know, like it's, it's, it's still, it's been it's still relatively, exactly. It's been less than a year. Um, so it's about to be a year it's been less right now. Is it too early to, <clears throat> to maybe to say whether or not um, it was the real right move? I, it, it's, I think it's still too early now where we're at in uh with everything one thing that i will absolutely tell you is that um 
you're certainly on the right track. And that is, I think I am. I, I think you are too. And I think that that has a lot to do with, um, with a lot of hard work, a lot of hustle, you bring a lot to the table and you're different. And you know, that's, that's one thing that I, I really need to and want to stress is that um, like if anybody's watching this episode uh, because you're uh, a, I, I hate to say a fan of mine, but a friend of mine and a supporter of mine, because I hate the word fan now for some reason. Um, but if you are a supporter yeah, yeah, of mine yeah. and watching this and you maybe don't know who Nolan is like, watch go back and watch some of the crossbody showcase series shows with nolan edward it is he's just a different type of performer like go watch his stuff there go watch and his stuff different on from then now exactly and you know it was just something that really stuck out yeah. to me like you are there's just something about the way that you carry yourself and the only thing that can really continue to happen and this is the one thing that like i genuinely wish for you is just that I hope that with the experience that you're getting uh, comes the maturity to go along with it. Uh, because again, like yeah. you're still, you're still young and you're, you're an unbelievably mature uh, and smart kid for, for your age. And that's the one thing that if I could, as a friend, just like say, Hey, listen, like just make sure that this is one thing that you focus on going forward. And that's just really just, make sure that with the, with, with the growth that the maturity goes with it, because I genuinely think that with the head that you've got on your shoulders, that the only way that you can go is up. And I think that you're, you're a ballsy kid. I love the fact that you're willing to speak up for yourself and that you're willing to take no shit from anybody. I will say though, the, the maturity, uh, is the reason the reason why I mentioned the maturity thing is because I'm very much like you in that sense where I, yeah, I am not afraid to say shit to anybody. I'm much more of an in face person than tweet the person and say, Hey, fuck you for this reason. Um, right, 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 right. But that has gotten me into a lot of trouble and I'm sure that it's gotten you into a lot of trouble as well. And you're I young have, and I wouldn't, I've talked to, I've talked to somebody about something recently too. I, I won a tournament that somebody else won the previous year. And I asked him, I was like, Hey, could you give me advice on like where to go to from here? And he was like, well, don't shoot yourself in the foot. Like I did. And he was like, I know you won't. He's like, I know you won't. But he was like, he's like, I, I'm just recovering from my mistakes. Like, just don't make those mistakes. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Cause the easiest thing to happen is to, especially when like, cause again, like you're, you're, you're you're to me you're 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 it's like you're you're driving in mario kart and uh like you're about to come up onto that fucking launch ramp where you hit that fucking ring and then just fly you know what i mean like you're you're about to launch so that's again that's the really the biggest piece of advice i could give you is just like is keep doing everything that you're doing and just make sure that you just that head always stays straight on there because uh, right. it's, it's literally the fucking easiest thing to lose. And like when I, like, cause I watch other people with, uh, with ex- your experience, maybe even a little bit more, um, but not by much. Like we're talking relatively the same ballpark. Uh, and I, and I yeah. see guys like not just around here, but like all over the place uh, really start to buy into their own bullshit. And it just, it's not a good look. At the end of the day, I always tell people, like, I am not important by any means. Like, none of somebody, us are. Literally, none of us are. We are human beings tweeted, and we're all replaceable. 
yeah, somebody tweeted saying the, the tournament that I won, uh, the 2020 Futures Showcase in Georgia, uh, was it aired last weekend on IWTV. It premiered. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. It was, it, was, it was probably three weeks ago or four weeks ago, and it aired last weekend on IWTV, mm-hmm. the fully edited show. Uh, so that's when a lot of people that they didn't know already found out that I won and everybody, everybody that tweeted saying, um, Nolan Edward, the next one up, I retweeted them saying, I'm just a guy like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and promoter, the, the promotion of the, uh, the promotion action wrestling, um, where two of my favorite matches I've ever had, I've had at against JD Drake and, and Angelus Lane. Um, they tweeted saying, Nolan Edward, officially the next one up. I commented saying, Oh, that's such a weird phrase. Like, just let me live in the now. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, like, I, There's no promise of this. And, but, but what a nice thing to say, I, though. It is. I, I love it. I love hearing it. But I also remind people. Um, like I'm not the only guy that's really trying this hard. Yeah. Like, well, dude, like I watched, um, I, I brought down, it's, a, Dan, it's weird. I brought Dan Housen down to, to wrestle pretty Ricky one time. And, uh, yep. At the, as soon as they finished their match, like, I think it, like, I think they were up right before intermission, if I remember correctly. Uh, I, I was like on my phone, like on, like just during intermission and I was just checking Twitter to see if anybody was talking about the show. And like immediately Dan Housen went to his Twitter and just wrote, ladies and gentlemen, this is pretty Ricky Wildy. He is the next one. North America, you need to know this man. And I was just like, yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Just because uh, I've been working with Ricky a lot. So like, it's cool to see uh, right. him, him get that, you know, cause he's a fucking gem. I just, I, I, I agree when people say so-and-so is next up. I, I'm going to say, I agree with it a lot, but whenever anybody says it about me, I'm like, man, like, I'm just some kid that's still learning. Like, <laughs> I was like, please do not tweet that about me. I need to, I, I'll, I always, with live streams and whatnot, I'll retweet and like every tweet, I'll go back and sometimes I'll be at the hotel and yeah. the guys that ride with me, it'll be like two in the morning and we're all up and I'm like going back and like sharing and commenting on everybody when they say something nice. But I'm also like constantly reminding people, um, just like them, I'm just a person. Exactly. And, and I, I love I love pro wrestling. But, but I that's hate, also what makes uh, you relatable to them as well. And that's the stuff that's going to eventually make people invest in you. Just so that way. Yeah, like I, 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 love pro, I love pro wrestling for the big old like macho man promos and the macho man characters and like the ultimate warriors and the mankinds and this and that. Like when people ask me like who, because the way I cut promos, I just have like conversations. They're like, they're so good. Like, do you look to somebody for, for promo, like inspiration? I always say mankind or Mick Foley or Jude Love or Cactus Jack. Uh, but they're like, really? You're not like, that's not how you cut promos. I was like, no, I'm just saying he's, he's my favorite promo. But at the end I, of the day, I'm a person that can't be this huge over the top pro wrestler, like mankind, like Randy Savage, like Jake, the snake, like intimidating people. Like I love pro wrestling for that, but I also realize what works for me is just being myself. I think as soon as you said that, as soon as you were like, I'm a Cactus Jack mankind, I'm like, that's what it is. 
you're a cactus jack guy because if i you're i was literally just about to say like your promos are so i love how your promos are so different because like your promos are literally like they're they're not even like hey i'm gonna fuck this guy up it's it's literally you like having an argue like you're you're almost breaking down in your own head like it's like this weird fucking amazing cinematic yeah done like uh like it's, 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 it's just different. Like it's, it's, it, if you haven't checked it out, go check, just go to YouTube and just type in his name, find all his promos, go fucking watch all of them, follow him on his fucking Twitter, all that stuff. And just watch these things. Like they're just, they're yeah, just yeah. different. They're different than everything else. And it makes you just go, fuck that guy. I don't know what it is, but that guy, <laughs> that fucking guy. That's a go, man. I don't know. That's, that's how I explain it. So that's, I actually kind of find that strange when people say that they don't see the Cactus Jack thing. Cause fuck, as soon as you said that guy, yep, that's exactly what you are. Holy shit. All right, Nolan, we're going to get into some rapid fire questions. I hope your brain's working here. Cause, uh, I got about 10 questions or so that, uh, Woo! I know you, you fucking a, fuck off. You've watched the show. You know that you've watched this before and you know what these questions are probably going to be. You I knew already they know. were coming. Yes. Yes. So, um, you ready to go? I'm ready. All right. CTE buddy. is real. I know. <laughs> you said, is your brain ready? I was like, oh, well, you're like, wait, wrong question. I think I'm ready. I don't know if that thing ever is. Fuck. Yep. All right. What's, what's your favorite match that you've ever been a part of? Uh, when I wrestled Angeles Lane. Where can people find that? Uh, it's at this promotion called uh, Action Wrestling, like I mentioned. Um, yeah. It's in Georgia. It's on IWTV. So search action on IWTV. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of the show. Uh, or do you even remember when it was? It was one of the most recent four shows. Okay. Um, it's because they've done four shows since then. I've been on all four. Um, but it's myself versus Angeles Lane. Uh, people expected like, oh, it's just going to be some intergender match. And then people were tweeting about it saying that's the most violent match in action wrestling history. That's and, awesome. and, uh, it was a normal match. So, that's fucking sweet. <laughs> so uh, that, that's probably my favorite match I've been a part of. Who is not on TV right now, other than yourself, uh, who should be on TV right now? Uh, Braden Lee. Um, I don't think I've ever heard of Braden Lee before. Where's he? he Indianapolis. Okay. Um, I'm not, I'm also like just as much as a person where I don't want people to say that kind of stuff about me. Uh, I don't think I've never thought once like, Oh, so-and-so needs to be on TV. So when you asked that, I was like, what's the first name that comes to mind? And it was yep. Braden Lee's. Um, he was most recently on the GCW D generation F show from Jimmy Lloyd. Sweet. Um, he won the opening match. I want to say was the opening match or if not the second, mm-hmm. um, the dude's, built like a fucking like john cena nice. and he can do a 630 he's just short he's he's like as far as muscle build goes i look at him and i'm like oh my god it's john cena and he can do <laughs> 630s shooting stars and he's such a nice guy so the first person that came to mind was Braden lee all right cool um who's your favorite band hippocampus who are they? what? What kind of is that punk? So no. So here's the thing: is I love 
punk music and and everything like that's kind of what i grew up on is like going to local diy bands in garages or small fucking coffee shops in detroit and flint and whatnot yeah but um whenever i think of like music that i'm like i could listen to that whole album uh like hippocampus kind of comes to mind it's kind of like an alternative like uh how i describe it um i also like la dispute they're a michigan band Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say those two are up there because those those bands I can listen to the whole album. Nice. So that's what I can listen to the whole album, any album they put out. Okay. So the next question I got for you is actually I find rather interesting because I don't even know if we've ever had this chat. But uh, what's your favorite Ooh. sports team? What's your favorite sports team? The Tennessee Titans. And. <laughs> Fuck those guys right now. So here's why. All right. Grew up. The the only sports team that I could think about, if you're thinking home team, was the Detroit Lions. Yep. And they failed me my whole fucking life. But you had fucking Barry Sanders. I'm talking my lifetime. (laughs) Like that's fair. I'm talking when I could go to a game, when I could do this, when I could watch it on TV. The Detroit Lions failed me my entire life. Wait, did you? Were you not alive for the Barry Sanders fucking era? When was Barry? When was last year Barry was there? I don't know. Fuck, I'm gonna have to Google that shit. But, um, oh man, Barry is literally like one of my favorite football players ever. I I love Barry. I like. Here's the thing though: is I don't know when he stopped playing football for the Lions. But I'm looking it up right now. I like I I backed the Tennessee Titans because I was looking for a team to get into. I had given up on watching football and caring about my home state team, and I just moved to Tennessee. And the Titans were in the playoffs that year, and I was like, "Well, this, this is what it. you're doing. This is it." Uh, ninety eight was his final year. That's the year I was born, Benjamin. Well, shit. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that all makes a little bit more sense then. So yeah, yep. Look. All right. Well, you know what? I can't completely hate that answer, but I, I kind of do and right then, now just because fucking those guys have re- – they have, they almost fucked the season up this year, man. <laughs> and then I can't remember – this is a joke, but uh, the Will Ferrell movie, Flint Tropics, the basketball team. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to remember that's, the name of the actual movie. but um, That's your favorite sports team. Yeah, that's like a joke one, but that's just Amazing. because I have a goal where I want to come out in a Flint Tropics jersey one time. Just because Do I you have one started, I don't, but I'm go- I'm going to get one eventually. I'm sure you could reason. probably get one on Wish. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I'll get a dude. They've one got with my last. They've got Space Jam jerseys on Wish, so I'm sure you could probably get one of them. I'll find uh, one. So, who's your favorite opponent? Uh, been thus far not your favorite match but like who's the favorite person that you've been in the ring with that kind of just fucking that wakes you up that's ready to go uh cyrus satin formerly known as cyrus satin he's mark ross now um okay when i first started he messaged this is the evolve merchandise work in the merch table that i mentioned okay um he was he was driving around uh getting gigs for evolved working the merch stand or filming and he's a pro wrestler and he was paying every penny he had to do the tryouts and he would get on 
he got squashed by Shotzi Blackheart once in at New York at Laboom. Mm-hmm. Um, but he moved to Tampa to pursue working for Evolve, and he would edit the DVDs and all this, and worked at the like, um, what do I want to call it? Kind of the online. If you ever bought anything online, it came from him. He would work at that facility. Uh, when I under, I think right when I was about to hit one year in wrestling, he made a post and I had no idea who he was personal life. Um, he made a post saying, I keep inviting all these wrestlers to Florida for opportunity and nobody takes it. And so I messaged him and I said, Hey, we barely know each other, but I'll do it. And he said, okay, cool. And then I was like, what, what is it? And he's like, shows run every Wednesday and then FIP is this or these weekends. And I was like, all right. And then a week went by and I sent him a message of a plane ticket I bought for myself. Mm-hmm. And it was me staying there for a week. So I flew to Florida, wrestled him two week, two Wednesdays in a row, made a little program out of it, went to help out at an FIP. Um, and then since then we've wrestled in Florida, Michigan, Alabama, and I've gotten him booked at promotions in Indiana just so I can wrestle him. Sweet. That's like, that's like my steam generico kind of thing, whatever you'd want to put us yeah, as. Yeah. yeah he, uh, he's recently just started going by his birth name for wrestling because Cyrus Satine was given to him from somebody else. And he was like, well, why am I still doing that? Like, <laughs> is he, is he a teen? No. Then yeah, he can move on. um what's the biggest goal that you have set for yourself that you've accomplished east coast and what's the next goal on your list that you feel that you need to accomplish and that you will mexico or the uk i could see you getting in uh i could definitely see you working in the uk for sure you're uh Uh you're definitely their type of crazy yeah uh (laughs) thanks (laughs) um or cup of tea, I set a goal, whatever. I set a goal for myself. My goals this year were uh, were two goals, and it was wrestle in the East Coast and wrestle in Mexico. And then I we can't, I couldn't wrestle in Mexico because of everything getting shut down for a little while. Um, but I finally debuted for ICW, which is East Coast and New Jersey and everything, and so that's been done. And I'm going to keep going back now. And um, Mexico is the only one, really, that I'm writing for 2021 at the time mm-hmm. that makes sense. try to keep my goals i try to keep my goals like here's two yeah and when those are done i'll make two more kind of like when people ask me oh who do you want to wrestle i was like here's one mm-hmm. like here's one person i want to wrestle and then when that happens i'm like okay who's the next person that like if i was asked who do you want to wrestle who is it like mm-hmm. i always go one same with goals it's good to set realistic goals because uh then when you achieve them it just makes you realize oh fucking goals are definitely crushable as long as you put the work in so yeah um i I get that 100 percent uh who are a couple up and coming names that come to your head that people should watch out for so there's this tag team out of michigan called daddy's money um it's alex clucky and mikey manna um if you've seen the uh, movie Step Brothers, imagine Step Brothers as pro wrestlers. Sweet. Okay, I like uh, it. 
And so they've been traveling with me and Clucky has driven with me 12 hours to Georgia Mm -hmm. where the promoter doesn't even look at him and think he's a wrestler and he has to drive all the way back. And I'm just like, there will be a time that comes where you will set yourself apart, whether it's with your tag team or as a singles wrestler, where they will have no choice but to book you. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I think them as a group, as collectively, just as a tag team, um, when whenever they hit the road with me, I don't see a reason with how much I see they work and how much they want it and how much they realize they want to get out of where they wrestle um, in the Michigan scene. I'm like, you guys, as long as you set yourself and do that, I don't see a reason why you can't succeed. Mm -hmm. Um, So them as a group. And then Dylan Derringer is somebody that I originally trained with in Flint that because of his family's health issues and him kind of being a caretaker, couldn't travel to wrestle so for two years because we've been wrestling the same amount of time two and a half years for two and a half years he could only wrestle once a month in flint when that company ran shows because he couldn't go out uh but then recently he's been able to free up so i'm like you're welcome on any any show i go to to come with me Mm -hmm. and um and since then he's gotten to wrestle at the collective for GCW. Oh, nice. And on one of the shows I was on just because they ran a show and they were like, yeah, he can have that spot. Like he's, he's proved it to us. Um, so those three, and then, uh, Hardway heater is somebody that I'm actually going to be starting a tag team with. We trained together in Nashville. And I just remember one day I just randomly sent him a message. He got a late start he's well in his thirties and he just, we kind of looked at each other. Like we don't want to take anybody's bullshit anymore. Yeah. And that's when bond started in training in in arenas in Tennessee, just like trying to get better. Um, during the quarantine, I, before it, I kind of messaged him saying, Hey, do you want to be a tag team? And he looked at me like, or he sent me a message back saying like, you realize you're asking me. Right. And I was like, yeah, no, I I'm asking you. Yeah. And every time I've, blown up for a weekend or whatever anybody wants to say he always messages me saying are you sure you want to do a tag team and i'm like yes i want to be a real tag team i don't want to be a singles wrestler that gets thrown into oh you're in this tag team for this day because that's what we could give you i want to be one of those tag teams that's you won't see us tagging with someone else we're a traveling tag team i want to do this real i want to be i want to fill a void that needs to be filled in independent wrestling, which is legit tag teams. Cause they're all getting signed. There's not that many people that are on the independent scene right now that are like, yeah, we're, I can think of a few, but they're like, yeah, we're a legit tag team. Like we only tag with each other. And sometimes mm-hmm. in a month we'll only tag, we don't get singles bookings or whatever. It's a great um, idea, man. Cause uh, yeah, as so, you said, there's a lot of teams getting signed right now. So it's important to understand what market uh, you're trying to get into. Yeah. So Daddy's Money, Dylan Derringer, Hardway Heater. All right. Good names. Um, what's the proudest moment that you've had outside the ring? When I was in high school, um, I didn't talk to that many people. And there was this one uh, kid named Kyle that was in my auto tech class. And all the kids made fun of him. And I think he was two years younger than me. No, he was, he was either two grades below me or, or a grade below me. And it was my senior year. 
And after being quiet for like four years of high school, um, he was getting picked on in class one day. And then I kind of like spoke up for him. I can't remember what I said, but I spoke up for him. And later on, I'm sitting alone at lunch. Yes, I was that kid. Um, I'm sitting alone at lunch and then I have my headphones in and I'm eating and he just slides over next to me on all fours. Like he's like power slid in my direction. Cause it was, I was sitting on like the floor cause it was like a weird hallway situation. Then the cafeteria hall. Yeah. And I always sat in the hallway. Um, he like slides toward me. He sits next to me and he's like, Hey, you're the reason I'm living right now. And then he slid away. And I've never forgotten that. Cause I don't remember, <laughs> I don't remember what I did to stand up for him or anything, but I think that's the proudest moment I have outside of wrestling. That's because yeah, he just, just this kid that I really liked that I noticed was getting picked on. I was just like, tell, told guys like, Hey, fucking stop. And then yeah. he just comes up to me a day later during lunch. And he's like, Hey man, thanks. Like, <laughs> <laughs> So, Thanks for saving my ass. Yeah, he was like, and I think it was like a personal reason. He's like, hey, like, I'm happy to be alive now because people stand up. I have people that stand up for me kind of thing. Not like a joke, like, oh, my God, they would have killed me. Like, I think he yeah. like was debating it himself. And that's when he told me he was like, hey, thank you. And I was like, no problem, man. Like, <laughs> that's awesome, right where man. you're at at one point. That's awesome. Um, now, this was going to be the last question. Uh but I kind of have a follow-up question that I uh, of something that I didn't ask before that I kind of want to I want to get before we finish off. Here. <laughs> the final question of this one is going to be: uh, What's the biggest uh, and best piece of advice that you can give to somebody that wants to do what you do? Um, I hate the I hate the typical advice of like. You got to work really hard and just keep like, keep your, uh, keep your goals in, in, intact and like always work towards your goal when it comes to pro wrestling and like the, oh, well, when you get out of wrestling school, like, remember, you got to keep going to wrestling school. Um, like I listened to all those when I was becoming a wrestler, like, oh, Samoa Joe's got this free seminar on youtube go watch that or like raven's got this free seminar on youtube go watch that like anything an instructor told us or like a trainer or anything i would always do mm -hmm. a trainer told me like make sure you get out and travel and out of everybody that i originally trained with i'm the only one that does so i was like i i listen mm -hmm. to what we were told because i mean they're telling us for a reason but one thing i don't think anybody really stressed the importance of and i kind of had to figure out for myself was tell your own story. Like I was trying for so long. And when I first started, like a, a, the good, a good first year of my wrestling career, um, I was doing what other people told me to do mm -hmm. like trainers or wrestlers or anything. And then they were like, I remember when I finally decided, no, this is, this is who Nolan Edward is. And it's just who I am as a person. And this is what I'm going to wear and this is how I'm going to wrestle. And people told me, well, that's wrong. I was like, it's not your story to tell. And so um, anytime anybody says that's wrong, I'm like, unless you're correcting me on an arm drag, like form, it's not wrong. Mm -hmm. Like if I did a hip toss wrong and it was, and I was unsafe. Yep. And like I could have dropped someone on their dome 
like tell me I'm wrong then and I, I have no choice but to look at you and be like well yeah you are right I was wrong in that situation but you tried to tell me man you did a you did a clothesline and then a and then a spinning heel kick like that's wrong I was like no it's not wrong because I did it it clearly happened like <laughs> um, or if you try to say like someone your size shouldn't wear like when I wrestle I wear long tights and a singlet. I wear a singlet under my long tights, and half the time I don't have the straps up. Half the time I do. Uh, I've been told um, that's wrong. You wouldn't wear that, and I was like, I wouldn't really, because I clearly am. And right. so, my my biggest advice for anybody, um, they're like, I got asked this on a podcast just the other day. Um, they said, "What's your biggest advice for uh, getting into pro wrestling? Like, how could I prepare myself?" And I was like who cares about like the physical aspect of it? Cause anybody, when they really set their mind to it, could be a pro wrestler. Like it doesn't matter how fat, skinny, tall, small, wide, thin you are. Um, it's like prepare for, prepare yourself to tell people no sometimes mm -hmm. like that's not what I want to do. This is what I want to do. Like prepare your story and what you want to say. It's kind of how I approach wrestling. Like, not... like people will tell me like, I wrestled JD Drake and he beat my ass and I just kept telling him to, I was like, I'd, I'd slap him. And I'm like, yeah, hit me. <laughs> I remember, I remember we got in the bag. He was like, I love that. And, um, getting to wrestle one of my heroes was great. So I was like, yeah. yeah, I loved it too. I asked you to beat the shit out of me and you beat the shit out of me. The crowd dug it. And then I hit a comeback and it was like, right here yeah. i had him right here and then somebody immediately and then they're just like that's wrong like i did i wrestled the angeles lane match and full shoot without asking for feedback i i remember thinking that's what i needed that's the match i needed and that's the match where i found out what works for me and what doesn't and they aired it on iwtv the next week and within five minutes of the match being done from two completely different wrestlers, I had texts sent a paragraphs from both of them unasked for just shooting on me for what I did wrong. And I politely messaged them back and I said, I see what you mean there. And they were like, yeah, but in all Japan, like they build to something like this, like hit, hit, hit. And I'm like, yeah, that's all Japan. That's great. That was Tyrone yeah. Georgia, Nolan, Nolan Everett versus Angeles Lane. That's different. Like, they're like, oh, but it could be so much more. I was like, that's my story I was telling that day, man. And I was like, uh, Dylan, Daddy's Money, and Heater, the same thing. They always asked me, like, hey, can you watch my match? And I was like, yeah, but you know what I'm going to say. Yeah. And they were like, I know, but can you still watch it? And I was like, yeah. And every time I've told them, I was like, I'm not going to critique your guys' matches. I'll tell you if – you need to work on your form on an arm drag, but you're the best you you can be. You're not out here trying to be um, Neville, or you're not out here trying to be like Ric Flair, or you're out here trying to be Dylan Derringer, Heater, Daddy's Money. I'm trying to be Nolan Edward. So I can't tell you the story you were trying to tell. I'm like, that's yeah. your job. I'm just going to sit there and I'm going to watch wrestling and I'm going to love every second of it. Cause I'm just a fan. 
Like yeah, I don't give feedback on matches for that reason. Cause I personally don't like getting put in those situations where like, mm-hmm. Hey, here's five paragraphs on how you suck. But I'm like, all those five paragraphs you just sent me on how I suck is why I think I'm awesome. So. <laughs> hey, but you know, it's also good to, it, it, it's nice to hear that, I guess, from time to time, uh, just so then that way you can kind of get other people's opinion and stuff like that. I but asked, yeah, you are I right. For but you are right. Sometimes too. It's very rare. It's very rare of me to, mm-hmm. but um, that's just recent because of just personal feelings of like feeling like I'm, really hitting my stride and then there's somebody just being like no you suck yeah and then i'm just like oh man maybe i do and then you just got to wake up the next day and be like no i don't like keep going (laughs) so hang on one second i'm just gonna uh my headphones are dying here so i'm just gonna get rid of them and hopefully god that this still records here damn headphones okay just speak uh hi Okay, perfect. Okay, I was just hoping to God yeah. I can hear you through my – okay. Otherwise, okay, so we're good. All right, so uh, the last question that I have for you technically here is uh, is one that I was kind of interested in asking you earlier, but uh, we just kind of got around it. But, like, there was a little bit of controversy during the uh, collective, um, and it was kind of similar to one of the situations that you were saying before where you had flown yourself out to Florida for those opportunities. yeah, yeah. yeah. And then there was, uh, I want to say his name was Juicy uh, something. I can't remember his last name. I apologize. Juicy for now. Yeah. Um, yep. The, the, the controversy was that, like, you know, Joey Janela had put that tweet up, and then uh, Megabyte Ronnie from Buffalo, great guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never met him before, but the, the, the dude is fucking aces in, in my book. I, I know what tweet you're talking about, too. Yeah. And there, and then it became a thing that, you know, um, because megabyte Ronnie, he, his, his whole thing was, and I, and I understand where he's coming from, uh, that not everybody has that money and disposable income, especially right now to just throw out there for a potential opportunity. You know what I mean? So like, cause Janela had put out there that, you know, a lot of people ask about how they get booked and then this guy just shows up and, I, I understand like both philosophies uh, and, and I, from literally, I, I totally get it. Um, but from a guy who has, has done clearly you've, you've, you've flown yeah. yourself out to different things uh, and it's created you opportunity. So like, what is, what's your kind of uh, what's your two cents on that situation? So the collective started on Friday it was Friday through Sunday. I, I, do, I live where I was at the time, even though this was only last month, was five and a half hour drive for me. Um, somebody that was also on the show, or some of the shows that weekend, texted me saying, hey, set up is Wednesday. And I said, all right, well, I'm going to be there. And I drove five hours, woke up early in the morning, to set up to set up the ring for the collective in an area where Indianapolis is like everybody's like this is the hotbed for wrestling like this is where everybody's coming right now like GCW ICW uh, all these promotions are just like thriving in Indiana right now Um, and it is but I remember showing up and being pissed because here I am drove almost practically six hours two days before I was even supposed to wrestle 
to set up chairs and the ring, and there was no Indiana wrestlers there. Interesting. It was it was me, Juicy Finau, Levi Everett, and Billy Starks and Adam Slade. Five people setting up besides the ring crew that came with the ring, which was three people for a show or for a company that's so big, apparently. And there's 12 shows that weekend. And we were the only five setting up. We set up the chairs. We set up the ring. We set up the entranceway and we set up the ring in the locker room. And then I remember looking at Jimmy and or juicy and I tagged with somebody named juicy Jimmy that weekend. So I'm just, Mm -hmm. my mind is just super thrown off with all the juicy um, but juicy, I remember like we got food or, and stuff. And then we go there the next day on Thursday to finish setting up and then paradigm professional wrestling in Indiana is a company that I've gotten close to the promoters and they let me book the pre-show there. Um, just trying to get reps and like what it feels like to be in every aspect of a wrestler. Somebody dropped out of our scramble and I immediately messaged the promoters and I said, well, here's juicy. Mm -hmm. You don't know who he is. I don't know who the fuck he is. Um, But he's here and he's been putting in the work. I was like, um, and so even with that happening and he did, he got on the scramble, but then he also got even bigger opportunities too, with like being in the, the, the cluster at uh, spring break being booked by Joey the next weekend in California. But I heard he's from California from what he told me. Um, I personally don't know where I stand on that opportunity because in wrestling, you're always told like by, by certain people, like you should never have to pay for your own flight to go out there and do something and this and that, like you wait till you get brought out and paid to fly somewhere. Well, sometimes that's just not how it happens. Yeah. Like, uh, there's been countless times where I've been paid my trans for getting to a show. There's been times where I'm not. Mm -hmm. Um, There's been times where I drive 12 hours, set up the ring, and get paid 20 bucks. Um, It happens more than I'd like to. But it's also, I just kind of got to realize where I am in wrestling. And if I'm, I'm, if I want those spots that, that bring opportunity so bad, then it's my responsibility to follow up. Yeah. Like I need, I need to be the one there. Um, I know Ronnie and Joey made up on Twitter. Yeah. They were both super professional about it. Like with everything, like getting to know juicy for now and and being there that whole weekend and also seeing that a lot of people were talking about like, Oh, I just, I just need my one opportunity. And this is Indiana wrestlers. I just need my one opportunity and like, I'm going to blow up and this and that. And like, they're just like, I just need to be seen. And this, and like, like I put in the work. I was like, why is there five people <laughs> where, where none of them live there setting up your ring then? Uh, so I'm, I'm kind of mixed on it. Like I see where I see what Joey and, and, um, megabyte Ronnie were talking about. And like, I'm even happier that they were able to just be like, let's be professional and realize that and very publicly with it too. Um, 
but I haven't really thought too much about it just because personally I don't have a lot of money all the time. I like, that's just straight shooting. Like I'm practically living out of my car with traveling at times or, or couch hopping just because I'm like, this is how I'm going to get to the next show. But when I do have money, I'm not going to lie. I immediately look at promotions that I wrestle for far away that bring me in once or twice a year. And I start working with them. Like I'm going to be here this time. Mm-hmm. so I know what it's like to be in that situation of juicy joke going like, well, there's no opportunity in California right now. Cause they're not running shows. I'm going to go where every indie wrestler is talking about. They're going to be this weekend. Um, and like he did, he got his opportunity in That's a place a- where not a lot of people were really putting the forth, the effort that they were talking about. Like there's a difference between tweeting saying, Oh, I just need one shot. Yeah, but then some guy, thousands of miles away, is there with four other people setting up a ring that you're wrestling in once that weekend. Mm-hmm. Like, I had three matches that weekend: one Friday, one Saturday, one Sunday at midnight, and I was setting up the ring on Wednesday. Juicy didn't have any bookings, and he was setting up the ring on Wednesday. Yeah. It's wild. It's it's crazy. Like I don't know how I feel feel about it. Just because, personally, I didn't care to have an opinion on it. Like <laughs> that's, that's the kind of the where I'm at now too. Like I mean, I used to be against that stuff where it's like fly yourself in, um, just because like I've always felt that there was like kind of this weird, like I I, I know one or two guys that have uh, that they they uh, that they like hang their hat on have that that they went to Japan. And it's yeah. like, well, you flew yourself out there. You flew yourself out, yeah. Right, and that was the opportunity. And um, it's just one of those things that they forget to leave out. And I, I guess I understand, but then it also kind of goes to show. It's just like, well, what was the whole point of going down there? Was it so that that way you can brag to me that you were there? Or was it right. like for the, you know? But I think it all depends on how I, you I, follow I, up. That's the thing I, I was about to say is I think that everything is, is, especially these days, really situational. Like, because um, – like what happens if you flew yourself out to fucking Jacksonville for some reason? And then all of a sudden, like your friend, like you have a friend that's on the AEW roster and they're just like, Oh, Hey, why don't you come down? And the next thing you know, like through weird trial and error, you fucking end up with a match. And next thing you know, you're like fucking like Griff Garrison or something like that, where it's like now all of a sudden you're there every week and they're just, now you're, you're a thing. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, I think um, like I've never once been like, yo, I just flew myself out to Florida for a secret taping and none of you guys are even setting up at your local shows. Yeah. Like I've never once been like that. And I don't think Juicy was like that either where he was like, I just flew myself out thousands of miles and I got an opportunity and he's like, yeah, I think he was just psyched to be there. And I think Joey was just like, man, all you guys talk about opportunities, like blah, 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 like whatever. Um, I don't know how I feel about it. Like – it's weird. You know what? I've, I've, can... I've flown myself out some, sometimes because it's cheaper than gas for me. <laughs> That's the thing. Cheaper, cheap fucking flights in the States. Like when you're flying like yeah. from within the country, it's unbelievably cheap. Yeah. Like, like, I don't know. Juicy probably wanted to go and he's like, well, I ain't driving. Yeah, like, <laughs> um, yeah exactly. And so like a few of the times I've been to Florida, I was like, well, I'm not fucking driving 20 hours, 24 I, hours alone because nobody else right. wants to go. 
Exactly. Um, and, and I think I've how driven we can end 13, this, 14 hours, but now. Yeah. I, I personally, I think how we can end this is that like, you know, maybe where maybe there's no right and wrong answer, but yeah, I guess what we can say is that um, maybe there isn't a right and wrong answer to it, but there's substance there. And yeah. You know, maybe it might have pissed people off that Juicy paid his own flight down there, but now I, I know who the hell Juicy is. I didn't know who Juicy was exactly. before all that happened. You exactly. probably didn't know who Juicy was before all that happened. Fuck. So fucking shout out Juicy for, for figuring that yeah. out. Um, and at the same time, too, what we can say is that it's clearly been successful that uh, mm-hmm. if you've just taken off, it's, it's betting on yourself. Um, and it's not always going to work, but if you have that drive and passion and determination, then uh, there's a lot of times where it is going to work out. I mean, there's, again, like you, you earned your way. Like, I hate to kind of throw crossbody up there with anybody else and make it seem like we're this bigger deal than maybe we are, but like you earned your way onto our bigger shows before all of this happened because of the work that you'd put in. And there's literally local guys that are putting promos on Twitter saying like, literally cutting actual promos and like videos and putting them on their Twitter account saying they're like oh you know there's fucking groups that they only want to use their guys and you know fucking nobody wants to use me and i'm fucking ready to go and blah 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 blah. it's like yeah motherfucker this this guy drives from fucking flint michigan every other friday for gas money yeah and packs himself into a fucking car with four other fucking stanky ass fucking big brothers and <laughs> And they do this because they love coming here. They love wrestling and they know that their gas money's taken care of. Yes. You are an hour down the fucking road <laughs> and you've never showed up once. Yeah. It's just so the fuck this whole like people thinking, Oh, they're only going to book their crew. Blah, blah, blah. No motherfucker. No, I want to book the hungriest, youngest fucking talent that I can find. And you want to know who the young, hungry talent are? The ones who show up. Yeah. It's wild. It's fucking wild. And it's so wild. I guess we could say that uh, maybe while it may be frowned upon by some of the boys, uh, those are also the boys that are sitting there waiting for opportunity that uh, some of the guys who have done that stuff maybe already have uh, gotten themselves. So, Hey, I agree with that. 1,000%. <laughs> exactly. So uh, with all that being said, Noel, we're going to wrap this episode up of the Big Ben and Friends podcast. Uh, you can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at Big Ben AF Podcast, as well as on Facebook. If you just look under Big Ben and Friends Podcast, you can find us on YouTube, which is where you're hopefully watching us right now. Uh, and if you're not and you're listening to us on Spotify, go to YouTube, watch the video. It's fun stuff. YouTube.com slash Big Ben AF Podcast. And if you're watching us on YouTube, you could listen to us on Spotify. Just look up Big Ben and Friends podcast on Spotify. You can find all of our episodes there. Um, you can find me personally on all of my social medias at Big Ben is Angry. You can find uh, the Crossbody Pro Wrestling Academy and Crossbody Pro Wrestling. Uh, all of our socials are in one spot at CBPW Academy. That's across the board on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Tout, everything. Uh, you can subscribe to the uh, Crossbody Pro Wrestling YouTube page as well at youtube.com slash Crossbody Pro Wrestling Academy, where you can find all of our showcase series shows, as well as like the first two years of our, uh, of our operation. Uh, you can find such match- matches as Josh Alexander versus Rich Swan. 
You can find uh, Nolan Edward versus fucking whoever the hell he wrestled down when he was here. And they're all I wrestled pretty Ricky once. What's that? I wrestled pretty Ricky before. That's right. You did wrestle pretty Ricky. That was your first yeah. ever main event. And I remember that. It uh, was. You, you can also find us on independentwrestling.tv. Use the code CROSSBODY. Get yourself five free days and check out all of our back catalog there as well because we haven't had the opportunity to have a show. Uh, and last but not least, you can support Crossbody Pro Wrestling and our amazing wrestlers and staff by heading to prowrestlingtees.com slash crossbodyprowrestling, where all of the proceeds of the shirt sales get split between the wrestler and our incredibly hardworking production staff and the gentlemen who uh, designed the t-shirt. We got a nice little split sheet going on there. Uh, where can we find you on your social medias there, Nolan? Everything, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, any, the usernames are kind of all the same because I wanted to keep it easy. It's at underscore Nolan Edward. And that's it. No more S. It's just Edward. It's just Edward. Okay. Because that's my um, actual middle name. <laughs> is it really? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I just that's a real name right the there. Guy. That's a real name, Nolan Edward. Nice. <laughs> um, I did want to, before we go, I did want to say thank you because uh, I, uh, I kind of just took some time away from doing the podcasting because yeah. um, just some stuff going on in my personal life that has made life a little difficult. And then uh, I, I've just been angry at wrestling lately. I've found just because, uh, well, there's a million reasons. Um, there, yeah. I just, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm, maybe it's just me being bitter and jealous because I don't get to do it right now. I don't know. Um, I'm just, I've been angry at wrestling for a little bit. So uh with all of that going on, it's been, it's been hard to want to talk to people. And uh, you're one of those guys that once I started this project, I knew immediately you were one of the guys that I had to talk to to do this with. Uh, right. I just knew that we needed to wait a certain amount of time because there, there was a story there. And uh, there was still was some story dope. that needed to uh, happen and happen. be told before we, we got to this part. So uh, if anything, uh, thank you for, for allowing me to kind of get back into the mindset of wanting to do this because, uh, I almost feel like I got my legs back underneath me now. So I appreciate that. Um, yeah, man, I better see more episodes now within the weeks. Yeah. It's gotta uh, I, I've enjoyed this conversation so much that I'm literally just going to throw the watermark on it and I'm not going to put any of the fun little edits that I normally do for all that stuff because, uh, nice. I felt like this was just a good, uh, a good man on man chat here and, uh, it deserves the. It just deserves it needs it. to just be a conversation. It just needs to be raw this one. So, um, yeah. Thank you very much for, for doing this, Nolan. I appreciate you, man. Um, I appreciate all of the hard work that you've put in for me, uh, and the hard work that you're putting in just in general right now, because, uh, you're one of those guys that I can tell my students to look at and say, Hey, listen, this is, as we mentioned before, we all say this, go put your hard work in and then you never know what can happen. But you're yeah. one of those guys that I can point to and say, this is what hard work can get you. So work your fucking ass off. Thank you. And then Thank I'll you. be back your crossbody. You I'll definitely will. It's just, we okay, need... cool, cool. No, cool. no, you definitely will. <laughs> uh, we just need the election to go. Um... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We just need this election to go better than uh, what I hope to God that it's, I just. Fingers crossed. Just get Man. the guy out, please. <laughs> Fuck. And I with that being said, though. episode 20, we're out of here. Thanks very much, Nolan.